Hi everybody! How's it going? Great to see you. My name is Andre, um, I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone and normally I would say, and my beautiful wife is uh, a leader here as well, but she's not here. She's at home with our middle child uh, who I wasn't sure if I was bringing to church this morning and uh, as, he, as I was leaving I was like, am I bringing Luca? And then he ran towards me with a pool full of vomit on his t-shirt and I was like, see you later. <laughs> Hey, uh, let me pray before we kick things off this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for uh, the ability to be here this morning. For those that are feeling crook and feeling sick, Father, we lift them up to you. And uh, those that are watching at home uh, on live stream, Father, we pray that they would feel connected, loved, supported, and a part of this wider whānau. In your mighty name, amen. How are we? Are we good? Very good. Okay, hey, we're going to kick off a new five-week series. And this series, what I would like you to do is I'd like you to take some notes. So I encourage you, get out your phones um, and, you know, for the next half an hour or so, I'm not going to know whether you're taking notes on your phone or if you're on Pinterest looking at cat knitted jerseys. I don't know. It's up to you. But I'm going to trust that the person next to you is going to give you this eye if you're doing that. Okay. So take some notes. Um, And this series is, it's an interesting one. Well, I've told a couple of people what I felt um, on my heart to, to get our communication team to preach on. And uh, a few people have gone, ooh, oh, that sounds fun. Uh, and what it is, is it's simply uh, a word that's not liked a whole lot. Um, it's, not the small, it's not the small sin word. It's not that one. But what I want to talk about for the next five weeks, and today I just want to talk about this uh, in principle, and then over the next coming four weeks, uh, myself and Warren, I think, are going to unpack uh, some particular ways you can apply this principle to different subjects. So today we're just talking about the principle in general, and it starts with O, and it's obedience. And I tried to find the scariest font I could. Obedience. And uh, I, I joke, but obedience is not a sexy subject. Do you know what I mean? Like obedience is not something that people are like, oh, I really want to learn about that. Everyone's like, obedience? Oh, nah, I'm good. I'll watch it on live stream. Thanks. But look, you're here. <laughs> um, so obedience. God is calling us to obedience. God is calling you individually, all of us, to something. And we have to be obedient. There's a path. There's, there's, a, there's a fork in the road every day. And God is calling us to be obedient. Um, there's this quote that I couldn't find the author, um, but it, it sort of relates to that idea of God being our Lord and or Jesus being our Lord and Savior. Today we're overboard on belief, but bank, bankrupt on obedience. And it's that idea of, hey, some of us really love this idea of being the Savior, having Jesus as our Savior, but we struggle a little bit with Jesus being our Lord. Jesus lording, Jesus directing, Jesus commanding, Jesus asking us to obey his commands. Hey, that first bit's really easy. I love to believe and belief. That's fine. I can do that. Oh, but you want me to, oh, you want me to change? I'll watch it on live stream. So, obedience to what? Obedience to his will, his direction, his leading, and the path for our lives. Uh, Here's what the world says a little bit about being directed. 
been led about following a set of guidelines, following some rules. Do you, do you guys want to read some quotes that I found on the internet? Um, here we go. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Whatever you want to do, go do it. Uh, you can do anything you want to do. This is your world. Uh, whatever you want to do, do it now. There are only so many tomorrows. Just do it. Whatever you want to do. Keep calm and don't tell me what to do. Uh, rules are made to be broken. Don't tell me what I can't do. Make yourself sheeps and the wolves will eat you. Here's a lie that the world teaches us. It teaches us that obedience, that guidance, that submission to the uncreated creator and his direction is a bad thing. Who here has ever had a toddler or has ever had to look after a toddler? Put your hands up. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Kids, us included as humanity, need guidance. We need to come under some sort of authority. Uh, has anyone ever seen those YouTube videos of like a day, 24 hours of saying yes as a parent? Has anyone ever seen any of those? Where a parent says, hey, what I'm going to do is Benjamin's my son. That wouldn't be possible, I don't think. How old are you, Benjamin? 21. Oh, that would make me five when I had you, so no, it's not possible. <laughs> hey, don't do the math. <laughs> no, okay, so Benjamin's my son, and I would say, okay, Benjamin, uh, say he's a two-year-old or a five-year-old, and I say, hey, Benjamin, anything you want to do today, you just ask, and I'm going to say yes, no matter what. I'm just going to say yes. And I think sometimes they tell the kids, sometimes they don't. And what ends up happening is they're playing Crash Bandicoot 4 on uh, PlayStation until 6 in the morning eating donuts and McDonald's because the, the four-year-old wants to do whatever he wants to do. Is it good for the four-year-old to always get what they want to get? No. Okay. So here's a lie that the world teaches. Obedience, guidance, and submission and direction. You don't want that. The world, here's some things that the world says. The world says, unless it's absolute freedom, it's not freedom. Unless I can do whatever I want to, it's not freedom. My argument this morning is that I think within guidelines, within God's set of, hey, this is what I think you should do, I think there is freedom. In fact, I know that there is freedom. But the world teaches, no, if anyone tells you what, what to do, that's not freedom. You can do whatever you want to do. How many people know that doing whatever the far out you want to do leads up in a wrong place eventually? Whatever you want, whenever you want it, whoever you, uh, to whoever you want to do it to, it never, ever truly brings genuine freedom. Now, here's the thing, guys. Who's brave enough? Myself, I can, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do this. Who here has a testimony that of either walking away from the Lord or not being with the Lord beforehand and doing all the f fun, sinful things? Is anyone brave enough to put their hand up with me? Okay. Keep that hand up if you genuinely believe it brought you genuine freedom. No one. It's the lie. Do whatever you want. It's going to make you feel amazing. It doesn't. Been there. <laughs> Done that. It doesn't. Whew. 
Here's another one. Moral truth is subjective. What, what may be moral, morally true for you doesn't have to be true for me. I can change what I want to. There is no, hey, this is what all of us agree to be true, like a biblical truth. For, for generations, for thousands of years, we, if the people said, well, hey, look, this is pretty much what everybody says is, is the truth. You know, you, you might have different opinions and ideas, but hey, this is some sort of objective moral truth. What we've seen over the last few decades is going, nah, it's fine. And look, I can do whatever I want and I can change whatever I want. And as we talked about, that can lead up in, uh, in an issue. Put your hands up if you think this quote is, what do you, what do you um, I'll read the quote first. If you don't like a rule, just follow it, reach the top and change the rule. It makes sense. I get it. But what if you take that too far? Anyone want to guess who said the quote? You can take it, yeah, whoever, high five whoever said that. <laughs> you can take it too far. I'll just change and I will make the new rules. Religion is rules. That's what we're taught, right? I, I remember when I was a young Christian and my non-Christian friends would say to me, uh, like they'd catch me smoking or something like that. When I'm talking my first six months of being a Christian. And they'd be like, ha ha, I caught you. You, you, you're doing one of your rules. You're not doing one of your rules. Ha-ha, I figured Christian, Christianity out, and it's false, and it's a mistake. Ha-ha. And it's because they're on this, this, this false understanding that, that Christianity is rules, right? And they look at these rules or these guidelines or, or Scripture, and they go, oh, it's trying to tie you down. It's trying to do this to you. And, and they see um, religion and us, they see it as control. And they go, you know, all, all basically the Bible's trying to do is it's trying to control you. Here's my green rope. Right? And it's trying to, it's trying to ensnare. It's trying to stop you from moving somewhere. It's trying to, it's trying to break you. It's trying to control you, this piece of rope. This is what they think that, that, that guidelines, that being obedient to God does. But I'm going to share a point in a second, but I'm going to do one other thing before that. I want to do a bit of an illustration, and I don't know how this is going to go. We'll see. Um, can I please have my volunteers up quickly? Everyone give a hand to my, our CLDP. This is most of our CLDP. Give them a big hand. Big, our Cornerstone Leadership Development Program. Okay, what I want you guys to do is turn around and look at that and no peeking. Okay, now if you see anyone peeking, you yell, peeking, peeking. Okay, now let's pretend that this, where we are in this room right now, this is the goal in life. And I'm saying, as God, I'm saying, this is where I want you to go. Now I'm going to pick a spot in this auditorium that they don't really know where it is. And I'm going to say, one, two, three, go, find a spot. And guess what? They have absolute freedom to go wherever they want to, do whatever they want to. But ultimately, whether you believe it or not, there's a truth where me as God saying, hey, this is where I want you to end up. This is relationship with me. So is anyone peeking? Who do we think would peek? I think Donnie would peek if anyone was going to peek, let's be honest. Okay. So at least half of you keep your eye on them, and then the other half... No one looking. I'm going to pick a spot. 
over here. This is the spot I've predetermined for whatever reason for this analogy today, right here. I'm going to throw them and I'm going to come this way. Oh, I've just come from over there, guys. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. I want you guys to count down with me, and I want you to say three, two, one, and they've got five seconds to run and find a spot somewhere in the room where they know they're meant to go. They've got free will. Okay, everybody turn around. Okay, ready to count down with me? Three, two, one, go. Five, four, three, two, one. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Did anybody find the spot? No one quite found the spot. We had someone close, but no one found the spot. Now, if we get them to wait there, here's the thing. Religion isn't just rope that the world would say is to hold you back and guidelines and, and rules and the Ten Commandments and, and the commandments that we have from Jesus aren't there to hold you to stop doing whatever political thing that the government wants you to do or, or some old book wants you to do. It's, that's not what it's for. Now, if we take this analogy, and I'm going to get my son Benjamin. <laughs> I'd like you to hold this end of the rope. Could you hold the end, uh, side of the rope for me? Now, I don't know how this is going to go. But everybody on this side, grab the rope for me. Right down to there. Thank you very much. Guidelines. The Ten Commandments. Our relationship with Jesus. Thank you very much. And we can repeat the process. You're all loving that you're sitting on the edge today, aren't you? Now, CLDP. Our picture of people going through the world and finding their own path, doing whatever they want to do. If I ask you to come up the front now, come, please, thank you. I actually didn't tell them that I was going to do this, but. And if I said to you, hey, now what I want you to do is find the path that is set out for you. You can choose to go over the path if you want to, but that end goal is relationship with me. That's, that's, that's the goal of your existence. And I said, go, what would happen? Go, feel free. Go. It's fairly easy for them to follow. So religion, our faith, look at that. They, they look beautiful. Give them a big round of applause. It's not about control it is about a guidance that is needed in our lives. You guys can let go of the rope now, sorry. I, I should have just seen how long you guys would have held it all the way through. Um, hey, can I just get you, Conrad, real quick, just up the front? Here's the thing. Let's pretend Conrad's God and I'm humanity. <clears throat> Does Conrad need this rope to subdue me? Let's be honest. You can just say it. <laughs> Does he need this rope? Hey, what's this? I see Nat. She's like, no way. He doesn't. I like my friends who are like, oh, maybe 50-50. I appreciate you. No. He doesn't need this rope. He doesn't need these rules to hold me back. This is for me. God doesn't need to control you. He's God. 
This is, this is for us to say, hey, look, he's saying, you're safe over here, Dre, but you go further over, you're going to get run over by a car. You're going to run into issues. This is for, and he can bring, and from time to time, he can bring you in close for a hug. <laughs> Thanks. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Obedience is a choice. It's a choice between our own limited knowledge and the power uh, and God's unlimited wisdom and um, oh, Omnipotence. Freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want. Freedom is the strength of character to do what is good, true, noble, and right. Obedience is not just about laws and rules. It's about hearing and responding to God's will. Obedience is responding. Responding to God. But responding to what? Let's take a minute. There's three ways that God speaks to us. Now, I want to be really clear that I have done them in order, to my opinion. I've gone, there's God's word. And I'm going to talk about how God talks to us individually through the Holy Spirit. So God's word is the first one. And the Holy Spirit. Now, why I put God's word ahead just for this is that the Holy Spirit's never going to say anything that's not in the Bible. Okay? So, so there we go. So God's Word, the Holy Spirit, and then a very distant third, and I want to make that very clear, is wisdom of trusted friends and godly leaders. Um, I was talking to Warren the other day about my uh, senior pastor, my old senior pastor, Pastor Michael Brown. And for about 18 months, he kept telling me to do this thing. He said, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And he was bonkers. He was crazy. He had no idea what he was talking about. And he wanted me to do something that I could not do because there's no ability that I had in me to be able to achieve what he was asking me to do. Just was impossible. And eventually, after 18 months, he, conv he convinced me to do it. And do you know what he told me? He said, sometimes obedience is doing what you don't want to do and being told to do it by someone that you trust. Occasionally, someone says, hey, Conrad, I know you think this is a bad idea, but this is a good idea. You should do this. Do you know what that thing was? It was Bible college. It was ordination. And he was, I, th I thought he was crazy. And here I am. So he's right again. <laughs> Obedience starts with waiting, watching, reading, listening, then walking. Now that, might, that process might be done quickly. It could be done over a few moments. But obedience uh, is spending time with God. It's watching what He's doing in your life. It's reading His Word. It's listening to His Word. And then it's stepping out in faith. Obedience to what? Let's just take a quick second. We're going to talk about God's Word. Um, there's lots of things that we need to be obedient to God's Word for. Does anyone want to think of the first thing in the Old Testament? Ten Commandments. Thank you. So there's in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, that if you want to go home, you can read it. But there's the Ten Commandments, things that even today that we can hold true and are guidelines for us. Right? There's something that we can achieve. Now, in the New Testament... Um, there's over 50 different commands that Jesus gives us. Here we are. Here's a few. Uh, repent, follow me, rejoice, let your light shine, honor God's law. And if you go, there's actually 50 of them. There's a whole bunch and there's more. And at least four more of those we're going to do over the next few weeks. 
These are things that we go, hey, let's be, as a people of God, let's be obedient in our something um, because this is what God wants to see. And and we're going to unpack the how to be obedient in this particular area of your life. Today, we're just unpacking the obedient thing. Now, there's a lot there. Who looks at that and goes, okay, (laughs) there's a lot of information there. Anyone else? Just me? Okay. I don't want to step on Warren's toes here because he's going to talk a little bit about love. But just to ease people's concerns, John, uh, 2 John verse 1 to 6. Uh, and this is, sorry, 1 verse 6. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So all of this stuff is really important, and I encourage you to go read it and, and get familiar with it. But I think ultimately a lot of it comes down to walking in love. That's one way that we can be obedient to God. What is disobedience? Is a great quote. God is responsible for the consequences of our obedience. We're responsible for the consequences of our disobedience. Um, I've been disobedient to God many times, but one time that I'm comfortable to share in front of you um, is I was at uh, another church in the city. And I don't know why I had this really weird word come to my heart for a girl I kind of knew through like uh, youth group leading kind of connections. And it was just that it was, I'll tell you why I didn't share it. Married man by himself, single girl. And I really felt like God said to tell her that she's valued. She's going to find the right guy. She's only a few years younger than me. It just felt a little awkward. And so my own understanding went, nah, I'm not going to do it. And I don't know why. But even to this day, I know that I was disobedient to God. I know that because I didn't go up because of all these different reasons. Now, there's, been, there's no reason why I couldn't have got some uh, person of trust and rapport that I could have said, hey, Bronwyn, could you come with me? And I'm going to just, I've got this weird word for this person, but I need to be obedient to it because I know that it's from God. But I didn't do it. And even to this day, I still go, gosh, what would that have done in that person's life? Fast forward three or four years later, I find out there's this massive issue that she had in her life because I, we, we guy had a mutual friend, well, became mutual friends with someone, and that they, they had this, she had this massive issue. And I told them that I had this word, and they're like, man, that would have been so helpful for her. And I was like, oh, disobedience is not stepping out what God has asked you to do. There's lots of reasons why we're disobedient. Sometimes we don't hear from God. Sometimes we refuse to listen to God. Sometimes we interpret what God has said to us through our own agenda. Sometimes we want to do it on our own time frame. It's interesting. Why do we obey? Now, I want to do something here that I don't normally do. And forgive me. I'm asking for, for, for forgiveness already. John 14, 23. I've adapted. And I'm going to go back and I'll show you. Jesus replied, anyone who obeys me and obeys my teaching then loves me. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anybody see I've done some shifting around? Can anybody see what I've done? That's not what the scripture says. It doesn't say anyone who does my guidelines, anyone who looks like a Christian then loves me. That's what I've said But it's actually this, John 14, 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. 
We don't obey his teaching because we want to get to heaven simply. In fact, I'm really big on not even talking about that. I, I think we do this. I think we are Christians because we want to impact our lives, not just because we want to end up in heaven. Am I right? Are you guys the same? Like, I'm a Christian not just because I want to end up in heaven, though that is great and I want to be there, but I'm here and I'm working hard for God because I know that He can make an impact through my life if I'm obedient to Him. So we do this because we love Him. So it all flows from love. Obedience flows from love. We're not obedient because we need to be. We're obedient because we love Him and I want to do what He wants me to do. I, I love it when my kids, when I do this, you guys, all parents know this. You know, they're across the other side of the room and they're doing something they shouldn't and you go, you know the, you know the look, eh? Or it's this. Or you do this. And the kid goes, and stops doing what you're doing. I'm sorry, it's just like a parent win. Anyone else? Just me? Okay, right. <laughs> but um, they know that I love them. <laughs> if you love me, keep my commands. Right, get out your pens. We've got 10 tips to remember about obedience. These are things I've learned from my own life. These are some uh, great theologians' thoughts as well. Um, I started with five, and hey, we ended up at 10. It was going to be 17, but we've, we've pulled it back. Tip number one, when it comes to obedience in our lives, obedience starts in the small things. I would gesture to say that it's unlikely you're going to move to Botswana and open an ice cream shop because God's told you to if you're not obedient to listening to God and spending time with Him. Now, you might think that God has said that to you, but obedience always starts in the small things. So if you're, if you're sitting here going, I don't know what this Christianity thing, and I, I want to have relationship with him, um, and that's, that's really important, but uh, you know, I, don't, I, don't know where, I don't know where to start. Start with the small things. The small things are reading your Bible, watching a good podcast, maybe listening to some worship, read your Bible again, read a different version, listen to the audio Bible. Go to church, listen to some good sermons, have a good conversation with someone who knows about churchy Christianity stuff. Obedience starts in the small things. Tip number two, love what he loves. What does Jesus love? He loves people. He loves the little children. He loves truth. He loves you, <laughs> Love what he loves. Think about what he loves and be obedient in that. Go, okay, well, God loves the little kids. How can I show the little kids at church that I've got nothing to do with? How can I show them that I love them? You know what? There's a power in remembering someone's name. Why don't you learn five kids from kids' churches' names and just tell them that in a way that you love them, you care for them. Why? Because he loves them. He values them. Be obedient in small things. Tip number three, you'll not always understand your way through obedience. You will not, you will not, you will not. Anyone who's been a Christian 20, 30 years plus, they're nodding because they know sometimes you've got to make some calls that you can't understand your way through. It does not make sense. What was that quote, Elliot? I, can't, I was going to try and remember it. Faith makes the fool something. 
No, he's nodding. Okay. Anyway, um, you'll have to listen to last week's sermon about how faith sometimes, it makes fools of what is wise. Has anyone made a decision that God has told you to make that on paper looks really dumb? Yeah, Hannah and I have done that. I remember, I think I've told the story before. We were both earning, and this is, I only share this because it's significant to show you how dumb it looked. Okay, you ready? So hear my heart. But this was a few years ago, 10, however long ago. It was a long time ago. Um, But we were both earning, we were earning good wages. We were bringing in $120,000 a year between us, right? So we were working really hard, and then we felt like God told us to go to Bible college. And so we went, and then Hannah got pregnant, so we went from $120,000 in 2012 to 2013 down to 17. <laughs> That's a dumb decision. <laughs> that looked really dumb, and we used all of our spending, but God knew what he was doing, and it was an incredible year of favor on our lives. But it didn't make sense, um, but I just know that that's what God wanted us to do. We saved heaps of money. We're like, woohoo, we're going to go buy a house. God's like, ha, actually, I need you to use that for next year. <laughs> but he knew. Tip number four, obedience and grace are not mutually exclusive. Let me explain that. What I mean is often when we go down the obedience route and we go really hard into law and to rules and what everything should look like, we become less graceful. Now, the thing about, you know, that that strip to where God's presence was, it's all about graceful. That's all about God saying, I want you to connect with me. So let's not get them confused. Um, Timothy Keller has this great quote, careful obedience to God's law may serve as a strategy for rebelling against God. It's an interesting thought. You might need to really think and unpack that one. Has anyone here ever met someone that knows their word, knows their Old Testament, knows their Bible so well? They know everything, the, the, uh, you know, the Hebridical law and the first covenant and the tabernacle. They know all that, but they're not loving. Has anyone know or ever met anyone like that? We've, we've probably met them if you've been in church long enough. So, yeah, sure, um, be obedient to God, but never forget the grace that we have. It's both and. It's not hyper grace either. It's both and. Tip number five, obedience is worship to God. Man, when you say, God, I'm going to be obedient in my finances, I am worshiping you. Do you know there is more, Jesus said more about generosity than faith, hope, and love combined in the New Testament. Why? Money drives us. He he understood that. So what does it mean for you uh, to go, hey, this huge area of my life, I'm going to give it to you, God. It's worship. It's saying, hey, God, um, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going, to sh- look, I'm going to look at the scriptures, look what it looks like to be a good parent, and I'm going to worship you and be the best parent I can. Tip number six, uh, obedience is a gift. It's a gift to God, and it's a gift to people. Trust me, when, uh, when I lost my eyesight and we were broke and I lost my job and I didn't have a car and uh, our immediate family wasn't in the city and it was just Hannah and I, when people, were give, when people were obedient to God's prompting to help us, to feed us, to look after us, to drive me around, that was a gift to me. Obedience is a gift. Tip number seven, almost there. Misheard, 
But activated obedience is still obedience. Now let me unpack that. You've, if you've been a parent, if you've been around kids, you know that sometimes they try, right? Like, has anyone ever seen a five-year-old trying to load the dishwasher? Woo-wee! And I'm like, good work, Luca. Yeah, you go into the lounge now so I can do it all over again. Awesome. Yep. Now, he's five. When he's eight, like his brother, I, he's got more rules and know, he knows how he's got to do it. But I still go, man, good work for giving it a go. And so, hey, if the worst case scenario of you being obedient to what you think God's talking to you about, either in the Bible, scripturally, like we talked about, or if you feel like God's talking to you personally through the Holy Spirit, or the third option, like we talked about, is through a friend. What's the worst that could happen? Yep, okay, this, that might happen. But guess what? You were obedient to at least what you thought God was talking to you about. And I think, I'm not speaking on his, on his behalf completely, but I think God's okay with that to a certain degree. Don't you? Do you think God goes, hey, well done. You gave it a really good nudge. <laughs> Incorrect, but uh, we come back to me now. Let's talk about obedience and wisdom. <laughs> Tip number eight. Delayed obedience can still be disobedience. I'm going to be generous with my time when I'm retired. <laughs> I'm going to be generous with my words when I'm not tired. I'm going to be generous with my finances when I can afford to. Um, yeah, pretty self-explanatory. Delayed obedience can, I'm not saying always is, but can be disobedience. Tip number nine. Here's a good challenge for you. A life of obedience requires obedience. What do you mean, Dre, I hear you say? We've got to walk the talk. So it's very good, you know, if you are here or if I'm here taking notes and going, yes, yes, that's right, Pastor Dre, obedience is really good. We should be obedient Christians to what God has asked us to do. We should be willing to listen to Him. And then you're like, but I'm never going to make, I'm never going to stop and listen to God and ask Him what He wants to do in this situation. So here's a challenge for you. I'm not going to look at anyone in particular. I'm going to look up here. Okay, you ready? So no one thinks I'm, I'm pointing them out particularly. When was the last time that you asked God for direction and that you were obedient to Him? Actually, think about it. You have 30 seconds. When was the last time you were actively obedient to God? Okay. Now, I don't do this to convict. You know, that's up to God and the Holy Spirit to do that if He so wishes. But I do felt like God said this. If it's been longer than a week that you've gone, hey, yeah, oh, no, nah, that's not what God says about that. I should do that differently. I think God is calling you to relook at things. If it's been a month, go back to God. I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, you know, you're a terrible person. I've been in seasons where I've never stopped and thought, hey, God, is that what you wanted me to do? So just all I'm saying is go back to God. It's about relationship with Him. Go and ask God, hey, do you, did I make the right call there? Do you want me to make a different call? It's walking the talk. Tip number 10, last one, and then I'll have the worship team up after that, please. Obedience is our responsibility. Outcome is God's. You don't have to worry about it. I often will say that we sow, God grows. We do what we can. We step out, and if God says he's going to do it, my father-in-law always says, God always pays for what he orders. 
He ain't going to leave you with the bill. He always pays for what he orders. It's not our responsibility. We don't have to worry about it. We just have to worry about responding to him. Can I have the worship team up, please? Cool. Can we stand, please, to our feet? I don't have uh, a slick, you know, response thing or anything like that at all for this. I just thought, what is something that I want you to take home with? And it's simply this. Time with him plus listening plus walking equals obedience. Walking out what he's asked you to do. So if you sit here today and you're like, I want to be... Obedience is not about rules. It's about relationship. It's about responding to what God has done. I want him to be my Lord as well as my Savior. Then what do I do? I spend time with him. Now I want to be really clear today. I've just spent 34 minutes talking about obedience. Some of you will be feeling, oh, he's talking about rules and laws and he has hardly mentioned grace. Can we please look at it in the big perspective? We've taken a moment to look at obedience. I don't think the church has done particularly well. Our church, all churches have done particularly well about saying, hey, we are called as Christians to be salt, to be light, to stand out on a hill, to be different, to be obedient to what God has asked us to do, not to look like everybody else. He has asked us to do that. So, hey, if you're not happy with that, come talk to me afterwards. But obedience is worship. Obedience is a gift to God and those around you. Obedience can be a key in your life. There's areas in your life, I know it in my heart, some of you, there are areas in your life that uh, once you start being obedient to God and hearing and listening, other areas are going to unlock. We don't do that because of that, but I know for you that there are some areas that are going to unlock. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Holy Spirit, we thank you for the, today. Lord, we want to be obedient to your calling. Whether that is in your word, well, it's always in your word, Lord. But whether that's that still voice that's in our minds, or whether it's the trusted, reliable, godly advice from a godly friend. Lord, we want to be obedient to your will. Father, we submit our lives to you. We come under your authority. Lord, we want to be guided by you. We want to walk in your path. We want to be have our feet illuminated. Lord, we don't want to be like the random people who think that we can do whatever we want and end up so far away from what God has called us to. Father, we submit to you. We come under your authority. In Jesus' name, amen.